Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today we will be talking about creepy clowns. Shall we jump into it? Let's! (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers! Clowns, with their mask-like makeup and overly cheerful demeanors, have often been the subject of nightmares. From Pennywise to John Wayne Gacy, evil clowns are a lot more prevalent in modern times than the happy-go-lucky ones. Especially since 2016, when viral videos of creepy clowns causing all kinds of chaos took over the internet. How has a childhood memory become so twisted in the adult brain? And have clowns ever been fun, or have they always caused fear and paranoia in their victims? Let's talk about it. So in the spirit of spooky season, we wanted to talk about something a little bit creepier, and with the recent recurrence of clown sightings this past summer, we thought it would be a fitting topic. Which, by the way, is just so spectacular. 2020 is really brilliant. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not holding back. Not at all. (laughs) So, Mia, Mm -hmm. are you scared of clowns? Very. (laughs) (laughs) I am so terrified of clowns. Or anything where part or all of the face is hidden or obstructed. So yeah, not into clowns. How about you, Tash? Don't love them. If you came across (laughs) one, would you purposely go the other way? Or would you, like, just try and sneak by? I mean, I wouldn't be super thrilled about it. Especially if I saw it, like, out of context at nighttime or Mm. something. At a Mm. fair, maybe, I'd be okay with that. But, you know... In the middle of the evening, walking around, like, wielding a machete? Maybe not. Yeah, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. So, to talk about clowns, we should probably talk a little bit about the history of clowns. Clowns as we know them today originated in the theater, specifically ancient Greek-slash-Roman theater. So they were the character that was used for comedic relief. Like the jester? Yeah, the jester, the fool, the harlequin, I think is another term. The word clown was coined in the year 1560, and it actually meant rustic slash peasant. So it was definitely a term created by an upper class person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in the 1600s, clowns appeared in Shakespeare's works. Um, Now it was another word for fool. So the comedy came from a character acting like an exaggerated version of a person. So they could achieve this either by being completely oblivious and lesser than the other characters in a way, or by being satirical and more all-knowing than the others. So because of that, it was actually a character that was popular in both the comedies and the tragedies that Shakespeare wrote. Because it would fit in both. Yeah. In the 19th century, clowns became a staple of the circus, as the ringleaders wanted entertainment in between acts. They'd want to get their trapeze artists, or their, like, poor enslaved elephants... So they just wanted a clown to distract the audience while they did yeah. that. Circuses are a dying uh, Something else, thing, yeah. <laughs> and then in early television, Bozo the Clown was a beloved children's storyteller. Story First of all, teller. ew. Right? Not into it. No. <laughs> no thanks. Then this popularity naturally evolved over to real life in the form of birthday clowns. And then Hollywood's penchant for the twisted quickly started turning the happy-go-lucky clown into a horror movie killer. Excellent. Here we go. (laughs) Shall we talk about the fear of clowns? Let's get into it. (laughs) The term culverphobia was created in the 90s, and culverphobia means the fear of clowns, or the phobia of clowns. It's not actually an official diagnosis in the DSM-5, which is a manual that helps mental health professionals classify disorders, but it is a very prevalent fear because almost 8% of Americans have this phobia. And we're not Americans, but it is easier to find stats for Americans. Yeah, Americans do more tests, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) At least they talk about it more. So in my research, I learned that there is a difference between a fear and a phobia. I'll explain what a fear is first, I guess. A fear still triggers some pretty serious responses, but they typically dissipate after the imminent threat that we perceive is essentially no longer there. So, like, a fear is if it's coming at you with a machete, obviously you're going to be scared, but if you just see a clown at a circus, you're not going to run screaming. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's an emotion induced when we perceive something as a threat. 
which triggers the fight, flight, or freeze response and releases a healthy dose of a couple of endorphins, adrenaline being one of them that helps to keep us alert. Um, but this does only occur when we perceive something as a threat. So this could mean that we imagine that this plastic bag that a clown is holding is actually a machete somehow. <laughs> That could induce fear, or if they're actually holding a machete, that would also induce fear. Generally speaking, if they're just there with their little happy face stickers and their cute red nose and great smile, <laughs> we are not supposed to have any fear of them. So symptoms of this intense type of fear include nausea, shaking, anxiety, shortness of breath, and strong emotions such as anger, crying, or screaming. Now, a phobia is a little bit different. Whereas a, a fear, those symptoms typically are gone, right, after this clown heads back into the woods. Phobias affect you much more after the experience is over. So it kind of hits you like an aftermath. So you'll experience those things in the moment and you'll continue to experience those things after. For example, it will affect the way that you live your life in a pretty serious manner, which may lead to the inability to perform normal day-to-day -day tasks. So instead of going to the store, you'll think of, well, I do need milk, but what happens if I run into a clown there and I can't, I can't have that. So I'm not going to go to the store to protect myself from a clown. That's a very basic example of okay. what this a phobia can do to you folks. To you folks. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one more tidbit on fear, which is the direct quote from the website that I have listed in my sources. Taking charge. Living under constant fear has serious health consequences, specifically physical health. Fear weakens the immune system and can cause cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal problems such as ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome. This can also lead to accelerated aging and premature death. So living under constant fear or in a situation where you're constantly perceiving something as a threat, not good for you. Do you have any phobias? Clowns. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like mine is in between a fear and a phobia because I will definitely plan my day sometimes around not seeing a clown, especially when like this stuff was happening. I was like, I'm so sorry. I cannot walk to school because I don't trust anyone or anything literally at all. That's fair. Genuinely hate clowns. I, I didn't just know you were can't. so scared of them. Anything where I cannot decipher from a person's face mm -hmm. what they're feeling, I can't stand. Like, I was super terrified of Phantom of the Opera because half of his face is covered. And it's kind of hard to tell sometimes what his expressions are. But then I watched it, like, five times. And I figured out how to decipher what his expressions are. And now I'm, I love it. You did DIY exposure therapy. I did. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Shall we talk about what makes clowns so creepy? Oh, joy. Oh, joy. <laughs> so, there are many reasons that clowns are creepy. Many. Not the least of which is the phenomenon called the uncanny valley. It's the fear that occurs when something is, like, human, but wrong somehow. Something's off. Yeah. So you find that happens a lot with puppets and robots, and sometimes, like, CGI animation. The face makeup that they wear is over-exaggerated. It's like trying to be human, but in a way that is too much. Mm -hmm. Usually the proportions of like the feet and the hands and the nose sometimes mm -hmm. are slightly larger or in some cases a whole lot larger. Yeah. Which just sort of adds to that persona of I'm a human, but am I though? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they really play around with their... Like, they have these giant hands and feet, and they have the and big And a giant nose. mouth, too. Yeah. They're, like, huge, giant creatures, but then they step out of the tiny little clown car. Like a psychological puzzle. Yeah. So because the makeup that they wear is almost like a mask, you can't really assess their intentions or their real emotions through it, because it's just mm -hmm. a thick layer of makeup. And that way you can't really tell if it's gonna attack you. You can't tell any psychological cues. By definition, their job is to be so happy, happy-go-lucky, even if you can tell that they're really Not. annoyed at this little child that's <laughs> pestering them, and they just want to blow up, but they can't because they're a clown, and you're just like, that's really weird, I don't mm -hmm. like that. 
For me, what adds to that too is that some clowns, their job is to either be super nice and hand you these flowers or, but look, underneath the flowers is a spray bottle and they're going to spritz you with water. Oh no. Yeah. So like that uncertainty of, okay, I can't tell what your emotion is. So I can't tell if you're going to be doing something mean to me that you think is funny or something that's super nice that's going to make us both really happy. You never know if it's the type of clown who's supposed to like pick on someone in the audience and make other people laugh. Mm-hmm. So you're part of the the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whether you're in on the joke and you're also having fun. You never know which one it's going to be. And for a lot of people, it's terrifying. Uh-huh. <laughs> Part of the reason that we're scared of clowns could be because we're socialized to be. I definitely think that that does play a part in it, especially now that there's more recent movies, at least, that feature clowns. Also, if your parents have an irrational fear of something, you're probably also going to pick up on that and maybe develop that as you grow older. Also, it could stem from, like, childhood trauma, you know? A lot of childhood villains from movies and TV shows and stuff have the appearance, a bit at least, of a clown, like mm, the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow older, that involves to Jigsaw or Pennywise. That's a good point. You are kind of groomed to have this feeling towards them, at least. Yeah. This could also be heightened by a lot of crime cases. So, like, a bank robber goes into a bank to rob it with his ski mask on that has cut out eyes and, like, a nose hole. It could be perceived as a psychological um, link, as in hidden identity equals doing something sinister, because when is someone in a mask doing something not sinister? Some people react to this situation with a response that's called flooding. When following the identification of what is scary to you, you expose yourself to an overwhelming quantity of it. So, for example, me watching Phantom of the Opera like five times. That's an example of flooding. And in 2016, I know you had another poll of Americans. (laughs) So here's another one for you. A study in 2016 revealed that more Americans were afraid of clowns than of a terrorist attack or of death itself. I mean, clowns are creepy, (laughs) but I'd rather encounter a clown than a terrorist attack. (laughs) Or die. Remember, though, this did happen in 2016. Right. Like, right when clowns were out there with dumb chainsaws (laughs) and machetes and stuff. Yeah. This data is skewed because they pulled them at a very... (laughs) A peak time. Yeah. (laughs) It was a hot topic. (laughs) So, sightings of clowns have been occurring all over the world, but especially in the U.S. and Canada since the year 1980. Of course. Well, 1981 specifically. So, in 1981, a clown tried to lure a group of kids into a van in Massachusetts, and this was the first one, but there were many more cases like this that later went on to be known as the Phantom Clown Sightings. This is a very emotionally charged phrase that the media decided to use. (laughs) Yeah, really. Goodness. The use of the word sightings, it almost makes them comparable to a cryptid, like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or something otherworldly, you know? That's a good point. Phantom has this cool feeling to it. Yeah, they glorified it in a way. Yes! And they also called it a clown craze or a clown panic, and it Mm. wasn't really either of those things before Mm -mm. the media described it that way. Good job, media. So let's take a little trip down memory lane to uh, August of 2016 AD. Now, it all began from this wonderful place called Wisconsin, when a clown was spotted, just having its jolly way in the town. Being a creepy clown with- he was holding balloons too, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. People in this town started freaking out because what is this clown doing here? What is he doing? He's just being intimidating and hovering around. So videos of this started quickly going viral. And after the concern over this individual clown had reached a peak, the creator of a short film called Gags came forward and said that it was just a publicity stunt, a viral marketing scheme. So I've actually seen a couple conflicting reports of that. Okay. I have seen that, though this creator did formally come out and claim this to be the clown he named Gags in honor of his film called Gags. Real inventive. (laughs) (laughs) There's a large amount of people that do, despite that, believe that it's a publicity stunt for the revamped It movie. 
that's a common theme with these clown sightings in 2016 because the movie It, which was based on a novel by Stephen King, came out in 2017. And that movie features a clown named Pennywise who was basically the embodiment of people's fears. After the sightings of the first clown gags went viral across the internet, it quickly caught on like wildfire and other people started committing crimes or doing pranks dressed up like clowns. A nine-year-old kid in South Carolina claimed that two men dressed as clowns tried to lure him into the woods, and this has been a common occurrence. Lots of similar reports like that. There were only a couple reports that I read where clowns genuinely went to attack someone. There were a couple where there's some kids on a schoolyard and these group of clowns just ran up to them and forced the school into a lockdown. Yeah, and a lot of the photos and videos that are taken of these clowns, they're usually just standing there being intimidating. And sometimes they chase people, but a lot of the times they're just doing nothing. Yeah, the majority of the videos, they seem to be kind of like rocking, if you will, back and forth. And then if someone gets a little too close, then they'll take a couple like running steps towards them and then they'll kind of veer off. Or like aimlessly walking around like they're about to pass out or something, swinging their arms. That's so creepy. (laughs) News outlets started reporting that there would be a mass clown attack on Halloween. Thanks, news. Mass media. It's there for you. They're not trying to instill fear in their citizens at all. Um, The only attack was of a family by 20 clowns. No one died. That's good, at least. Probably by attack, they mean that a group of clowns was just... Running at them. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little bit skeptical of the number of clowns, too. That's a lot of clowns. This poor family. (laughs) What did they do to someone? Goodness. So when you watch through the videos and stuff, it's kind of hard to tell which ones are actual, like, people being scared because they saw a clown or whether it's just a hoax. Mm -hmm. They're just pretending to be scared. One thing that really sucks about this, too, is that there is a chance that the clown genuinely did come and, like, swing at you with the back, but perhaps you ducked and they missed. And you full-on punched them in the face, you could be charged with assault. Yeah. And there was a case where one man almost was. He was walking his dog on a lovely sidewalk in the evening, and two clowns came at him. One, I think, had a bat. And they didn't touch him, but his dog gave one a really nice love bite... And he decked the other one. Both the clowns escaped. And by escaped, I mean ran away like children that they are. Probably (laughs) just teenage boys. They were in the end because they ended up, I think the police ended up finding them. Both of them were very nearly charged with assault. When you're scared of something and something's running at you or just being intimidating in the corner somewhere, you either are going to fight or you're going to run or you're going to stop entirely. Yeah. You have three options there. You know, a clown's gonna attack you, you're gonna lash out. From some of the research I did on the endorphins that are released, they all kind of react differently in every person, so it is possible that some of these can cause someone to imagine more than what's really there, which could cause some people to full-on lash out. So while there are instances when the person in the clown suit is in the wrong, there was a case when a teenage boy had a clown mask kind of just pushed up on his head. He wasn't wearing it, you know, he was just wearing it. Like, up top? Yeah. And some guy came up to him and decided, oh no, it's a clown, and stabbed him to death. Wow. Okay, that's also not cool. Yeah, don't do that. No, not a good response. There seems to be a few categories of clowns. So you have your clowns that decide to pick fight with a vehicle by either setting up a trap, ensuring the target will then stop when they jump out in front of said vehicle with a weapon or simply appear along the side of the road, jumping towards the vehicle with a weapon or just chasing from the sidelines. That's like bold though. It's so dumb. Like what are you doing? It's a car. Hello? You also have your clowns who lurk around the forest lines with a weapon, venturing out enough to lure you back to the more hidden environment of trees, or run out of nowhere and then dart back in just as quickly as they appeared. Those are also super fun. Um, There's the ones that don't care about anything and are just blatantly there, thinking they're untouchable, and roam around the areas with a weapon, or just by themselves, possibly chasing people when they get too close, again, thinking they're just untouchable. (laughs) So the four groups, 
Though they're mostly carrying a weapon, generally speaking, they're pretty harmless. And then you have your group of clowns that are actually trying to assault their target and only backing off once they understand that they're outmatched. So really, you can sum up all clowns into four groups, apart from the nice people that just want to give you a happy face sticker. They're not included in this uh, assessment. No, to, to be clear, clowns as a profession, we support you. We do support you because as soon as this craze happened, you denounced all of it and suggested that any clowns that participate in your profession do not partake in any of it. So we support you. Yeah, you guys are the real ones. Regardless of the actual danger of this pandemic, including people actually getting hurt, the media eventually wrote it off as just a fad after they had milked it for all it was worth. Little did they know in 2016, 2020 would be a whole new round. Yeah, in the whimsical horror movie that is the year 2020, clown sightings are making a comeback. Um, Should I get into, like, the sighting? The real-life sighting that I didn't experience when my coworker experienced? Yeah. There have only been a few moments in my life where my heart truly dropped into my stomach and I broke it into a cold sweat. Um, and this next story is one of them. It's fantastic. It was late November 2019, A.D., I was told this by a coworker whose son had experienced this, and I was told the very next day because they were kind of creeped out, and so was I. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is 2019, not 2016. So, this was a 22-year-old male. He was making his way back home around 11 p.m. It was a pretty desolate road he was driving on, so pretty much just farmland and homes kind of scattered pretty sparsely along the roads. While he was driving, he didn't notice any other vehicles on the road. So either on the side of the road or driving towards him or behind him. He didn't see anyone else. So just a little fact to note. It's October right now when we're recording this. It's like mid-October and it's getting to be like one degree out. It's getting pretty cold. So November gets into the negatives. Yeah, I wouldn't go outside at night in November. No, thank you. <laughs> So, all of a sudden, a clown with a bat jumped out of the corn just in front of him and started to run after him as he drove by. So he keeps driving because in the moment he's kind of going, what just happened? <laughs> so it took him a couple minutes. So after he kind of figures out what's going on, he quickly changes his plans from going home to picking up the nearest friends that he has and going back to the area to beat up this clown because he was mad that he almost just crashed into whatever. He could have damaged his new truck he could have killed someone. But the truck, though. <laughs> no, you're correct. <laughs> Which is exactly why they were going back out to beat this person up. Because <laughs> they almost killed him. After he picked up these friends, it had only taken him probably 15 minutes between when that event happened and when he and his friends arrived back on that same road. They drove up and down a couple times. They saw no clowns, no vehicles on the side, no vehicles anywhere. So he just disappeared. So this is creepy for a number of reasons. First of all, it's a clown sighting in an abnormal situation. Second of all, it's freezing cold. And this person is not out there in a jacket. He was just out there in his really thin clown suit and a mask, just running around. On the back roads at night, there's, like, no one around. Oh, no. So Nothing. How long was he just waiting there to prank someone? It is super possible that him and his friends could have just pulled off their car like, on one of the roads to a house or somewhere, because it's late at night. So they could have just pulled into one of those roads to hide the vehicle. But they were only gone for 15 minutes. Did he just, like, go back into the corn and wait until someone, another person came by? Honestly, could have, though. Truly. Why? It's not even, like, it's Halloween. Not, and it's not worth it at that point. No, there's like, no point. That was an actual terrifying story that you've told me. I've and heard it before, so I'm not freaking out, but I'm, yeah. it's concerning. So, super fun fact. The first time I told you this story, because I remember, it was late at night and we were driving on a back road. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's quite a few theories as to what these clowns are. It could be a cult. Some people believe it is some sort of cryptid. I think personally that it's probably just teenage boys especially putting on masks and trying to prank their friends. I would agree that it's just dumb teenagers because you have to have some sort of misunderstanding of confidence to yes. do some of that stuff. 
please don't do this. Don't do this. Don't dress up like a clown and scare people, especially in the States. People have guns there. And especially if you don't know them. If it's, like, your best friend and you know they don't carry a gun or, like, a weapon, I mean, sure, jump out and go, don't do it to people you don't know. No. So, a lot of the fear surrounding clowns probably stems from a serial killer that was active in the States in the 1970s named John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy is a name that comes up a lot when you talk about creepy clowns because he was a clown and also a serial killer. So, we won't go into too much detail about Gacy because there is enough info for a podcast on its own. Yeah. John, Wayne Gacy, appeared as a relatively normal guy, and some of his childhood would suggest that he was a relatively normal guy, apart from a few events. He had a normal childhood, which you don't often see with serial killers. Yeah. Besides the fact that his father was, from the reports that I've heard, Mm -hmm. he was definitely homophobic. He was homophobic and very abusive. Verbally, physically, mentally, very abusive. Yeah, and an interesting thing about Gacy is that he didn't fight back. He never fought back against no. his dad. No. He just wanted to be accepted. And I think he thought that if his dad just got all of it out, some people will allow others to just begrade them and tear them down and whatever they want to in the thought that at some point they're going to get it all out and go, you know what? You're actually not a bad dude. And I have love for you because you let me get all my anger out. Which not doesn't work that way. No, no. Gacy did lash out a little bit. He told stories and lied a lot, and they were lies that were completely unbelievable, but he didn't seem to care if other people believed him. He did believe himself. It could have stemmed from the abuse. He could have been trying to convince himself of a better life. Yeah. Also, likely another result of the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his father, as a teenager, he started experiencing blackouts and seizures. Mm -hmm. And during these times, he wouldn't realize what was going on or what he was doing. This was kind of a double-edged sword because it also led his father to abuse him more because he thought he was faking it and just getting attention from his mother and from his friends and all this stuff. He left home when he was a teenager. He didn't graduate. He moved to Las Vegas for three months, uh, mostly to get away from his father. Yeah. (laughs) And while there, he started working in a morgue. So (laughs) there's some reports that he was also like the janitor at the morgue. So, he would reportedly sleep at the morgue beside the embalming room. And one night, he had a little experience that freaked him out enough to completely leave Las Vegas and the job. So, one night, for one reason or another, there was a body and Gacy decided to eventually crawl into the bed this corpse was laid in and caress it and cuddle it for a very short amount of time before he realized what he was doing and freaked himself out and got up and left. The next day, he phoned his mom and asked to come home, and he was on his way home that very same day. To just show that he does have some understanding of what's morally acceptable and unacceptable. Yeah. It's weird because sometimes he seems to have flashes of humanity. Mm-hmm. And then other times, he doesn't. Yeah. He did end up getting married to a woman named Marilyn Myers. Her parents actually bought, like, a chain of KFCs, and they hired Gacy to manage them. So they moved to Iowa to do that. They also had two kids together, a boy and a girl. This is the place where Gacy got more comfortable, and as he was the manager of some of these locations, he was in charge of of hiring the staff. He hired a lot of young Young kids. Yeah. Specifically men. I think there were some females that he did hire to not be suspicious. Gacy also joined the local JCs, which was a social club for men. It was a social club for, like, businessmen. And he eventually became vice president of the local chapter. I read some reports that suggest that that place was not as upstanding as it sounds. There were reports that the JCs, especially in that chapter, were involved with swinging and prostitution and drugs. Gacy also had a car hooked up with sirens and police lights, and nobody seemed to think that was a red flag. Not cool. Being a man in the 70s was like the height of luxury. You Apparently. Could you get could get away with anything. You could impersonate a police officer. That's he fine. did. For the record, he lured he did. young men into his car with his badge and his sirens. 
So the aforementioned young men he hired to work at his restaurants, he would often invite them over to drink and smoke in his basement. Mm -hmm. So there are some places that suggest that he had some rooms in the KFC joints that he would turn into some sort of nightclub. Other reports just suggest that he didn't have any of that. He simply enticed them to come back to his residence where there would be fun lights and drinks and drugs that he would freely give them. So the first boy... Because they were boys. They weren't men. They were boys. Mm-hmm. None of his victims no. were older than 21. No. The youngest was 14, for the record. Yeah. They were all kids. The first boy to come forward with charges against him was a 15-year-old named Donald Voorhees. He was actually a son of one of his fellow JCs. So, on top of being a horrible person, <gasps> Gacy is also dumb as f- Oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> dumb as heck. As heck. <laughs> So this was in August of 1967. An investigation ensued and many others came forward as well. And then in December of 1968, at age 26, Gacy was sentenced to 10 years in jail. And Marilyn, good on her, she divorced him the very same day he was convicted and he never saw that family again. Good job, Marilyn. You did good. While he was in jail, his father passed away and he was actually not allowed to go attend the funeral. Because he was in jail. Because he was in jail. For being a bad person. It is worth mentioning that prior to his dad's death, when Gacy was successfully managing these restaurants and was considered to be an upper-class man, his father did reveal to him that he was somewhat proud. He also decided that he needed to hire one of his employees at the KFC to assault Donald Voorhees to get him to not testify against him in court. Technically, it didn't work, but his plan still kind of worked anyways. Donald decided to blackmail Gacy for this for money in exchange for dropping the charges. The police found out and f- dropped the charges. Because that's anyways. logical. Yeah, everyone was in the wrong there. So only 18 months passed before somehow Gacy got out on probation with a 10 p.m. curfew. And then he moved away. Yeah, he moved in with his mother and his sister in Chicago. So he kind of violated his parole, and him moving away meant that he didn't have to follow this curfew. So eventually, with the help of his mother, he was able to buy a house and eventually becoming a private contractor. And in the house that he bought, it had a crawl space that you could access through a trapdoor in the bedroom. In January 1972, Gacy killed Timothy McCoy. This was his first murder, and apparently he and the boy had spent the night together. The boy had come into his bedroom holding a knife the next morning. Gacy got into a scuffle with him and eventually killed him. And afterwards, he went into the kitchen and realized that the boy had actually been in the middle of cooking breakfast for them both. Just so sad. Yeah. So it was around this time that the neighbors around his place that he had actually made friends with, he was quite a charming person, as most serial killers are, Mm -hmm. they started to notice a bad smell around his place, and he said it was a sewer's... He seemed to have a lot of excuses for the smell. I think at one point he said that it was just some old leftovers that he had left out too long, that he'd just thrown in the trash that just had gone bad, and then there was, I think he said it was his cat that had passed on. He had so many excuses. Mm -hmm. The actual fact of the matter is that this is gross. He would bury the young men that he killed in his crawlspace. Wouldn't really bury them as much as tuck them into his crawlspace and kind of stuff them together. Another of his neighbors reported hearing screams at night, but never actually talked to the police about it before everything came out. Shortly after his first murder, he managed to marry another woman named Carol Hoff. They had a bit of a rocky start to their marriage, because he was arrested. One week before they got married, actually. She should have broken up with him right then. You'd think that would be a red flag. He was arrested on charges of aggravated battery, because he had lured a young man into his car with his fake sheriff badge and sirens, as we've mentioned before. (laughs) He has sirens and police lights on his car. (laughs) The charges were, were quickly dropped after Gacy paid the kid off. Which is sad. It is sad. Their marriage continued to be rocky, with Gacy being temperamental at times, I'll say. He did apparently assault an employee while they were on a business trip together, Mm. and this young man came to the house afterwards and beat him up, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Good on you, kid. He did tell his wife, Carol Hoff, though, that... It was unrelated. Yeah. 
He would even bring young men into his home while she and her daughters were there. They would hang out in the garage while Carol and her daughters were in the next room. All of this rockiness led to Carol divorcing him in March 1976. Good for you, Carol. Shortly before Carol divorced him, Gacy started dressing up as a clown and volunteering at kids' parties and charity events. He also joined a club around this time called the Jolly Joker Clown Club in Chicago, where he would regularly dress up and perform for the other club members. That's weird. You know what? Nothing against clowns, but something against... John Wayne Gacy as a clown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) An interesting thing about his clown attire is that he wouldn't go for the soft angles that most clowns use to, like, make sure that their makeup doesn't look too scary to children. Mm -hmm. He would go for the harsh lines. He would try to make himself look scary. He also had two different personas as a clown. One was named Pogo, and he was the happy clown, and the other one was named Patches, and he was the more serious one. I didn't know clowns were supposed to be serious, but that's cool. Well, they're not, but, um... (laughs) (laughs) He claimed that being a clown allowed him to regress into childhood. That's unsettling. Yeah. Sometimes after parties, he'd go to the bar still in his clown suit. I would leave that bar immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes he would trick the boys that he brought home into putting on handcuffs and claiming that it was just like a silly clown joke. All of this coalesced into him being known as the killer clown. It's not confirmed, but sometimes he would possibly dress up as the clown. Don't like that. Let's talk about his final victim. In December 1978, 16-year-old Robert Peast left his pharmacy job one night while his mother waited inside the store. He was supposed to be talking to a contractor about her summer job, but never returned to the store. This just shows how actually dumb Gacy was. He actually used his job as a contractor, telling the truth to lure this kid. So an investigation was launched, and someone finally did a background check on Gacy and found that he had prior charges of assault against him. This led to them getting a search warrant, and they found Robert's hair in Gacy's car. After this, they started surveillance. And then Gacy, after the surveillance had kind of gotten too intense for him and drove him a little bit more crazy than he already was, he confessed to his lawyer that he had killed 30 people. And then with another search warrant, the police started taking up floorboards and eventually found the crawl space, where 27 bodies were found. There are some interviews with the first responders that were the people that went down into the crawl space, and they're really hard to read. That's a tough job. I couldn't do it. I commend everybody who does stuff like this to get justice for the people who need justice. So, additionally to the 27 bodies that were found, Gacy confessed to five more that he had left in the De Plains River when his crawl space got too full. That's actually where they found Robert's body. And then they knew, for sure. Mm -hmm. Gacy was found guilty of 33 murders and sentenced to death. There are speculations that there could be as many as 45 victims, but of the confirmed ones, the youngest, as we've said, was 14 and the oldest was 21, and they have all been identified except for six of them. Mm. Apparently, as he was being arrested, he said to the police officers, clowns can get away with murder. You didn't get away with murder. It's so stupid. What a stupid person. So during the trial, he confessed to everything, and it's speculated that this was in hopes that he would be declared insane. During some of his detailings of this, he depicted how sometimes his alter ego would take control. But while he had his victims at his home, he would dress up as either Pogo or Patches the Clown. I don't like that. No. (laughs) So, the outcome of this trial was that Gacy was sentenced to death. And while he was on death row, he actually started painting clowns. He really took a liking to art. Terrifying. These aforementioned paintings sold at auction for as little as $200 up to as much as $20,000. Also, while he was in prison, he tried to retract his statement, saying that the murders had been at the hands of former employees who had access to his home and hidden the bodies in his home. Nice try. In May 1994, he was put to death. Just to wrap up our little segment on John Wayne Gacy, I have The Killer Book of Serial Killers by Tom (laughs) Philbin and Michael Philbin. 
In this book, there is a questionnaire that was filled out by John Wayne Gacy while he was awaiting death row in prison. So I'm gonna tell you a few of the things that he said. So, (laughs) where to begin? (laughs) His current hero, at the time, was Donald Trump. Whoa! Yeah. That's creepy. One of the things was, what is something that nobody knows about you? And he replied, I'm a character who loves to tease and joke around. Oh, that, like, made my skin crawl. And his biggest regret was being so trusting and gullible and taken advantage of. You f- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, and his biggest fear, this one's rich, dying before I have a chance to clear my name with truth. Excuse me? And they asked him what his superstitions were, and he said none, because it's for negative people. This is what being a white man in the 70s will get you, apparently. Yeah. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. (laughs) Every word you read, you're going to get madder and madder. Yeah. (laughs) One of the questions was, what are you thinking now? And he said, why the hell did I fill this out and who cares what I have to say? Yeah. True. Who cares? Accurate, though. And with that, shall we move on to Marlene Warren? Okay. So there's more cases than just Gacy that contribute to the fear of clowns. So the next one we're going to talk about is Marlene Warren. So on May 26, 1990, Mrs. Marlene Warren opened her door to a friendly clown holding balloons and was fatally shot instead. Luckily, though, her husband Michael Warren was not home at the time, and her son and his friends came across the scene moments later. Moments later meaning her son saw the vehicle drive away. So he was able to confirm what the vehicle was, and four days later, the police found this vehicle as being a stolen car from a rental business. Now, fun to note, uh, Marlene's husband, Michael, owned a car rental business. He actually owned said car rental business this uh, infamous car was stolen from. That's pretty sus. Even more sus, there was an employee that the police uh, suspected Her name is Sheila Keen. They just suspected her in the beginning, right? There wasn't enough evidence to link the two of them together. In the vehicle, they did find a couple strands of hair from the clown wig. Sheila was also married, but her relationship to her husband was estranged and he was not living with her at the time. She was living alone in a sort of condo situation. Condo situation meaning that her neighbors were very close to her doorstep. If you peeked outside, pretty much you can see all your neighbor's business, which is exactly what happened in this case. When the police interviewed her neighbors, they were given some pretty curious reports. The neighbors actually suspected that Sheila was married to Michael Warren because he was seen so frequently at her apartment. That's also pretty sus. Getting more sus (laughs) as time goes on. Marlene started to have some weird feelings with Michael. It's reported that before this murder, she had asked Michael for a divorce and had actually told certain family members that she wanted a divorce and that if anything suspicious happened to her, it was her husband that did it. This guy's really bad at doing crimes. You know what? You would think so because he's really, he's a real suspect. This case ended up being a cold case at the time because they did not have enough evidence to pin either Michael or Sheila for the murder of Marlene Warren. Only a couple years after this, Michael and Sheila were married. And it wasn't until 2017 that they were able to extract DNA from this vehicle to pin Sheila in the getaway vehicle, along with the hair from the clown suit. (laughs) I guess I should also mention, when the police initially did their investigation, also found the store, the costume store that the clown costume was purchased from, and oddly enough, the workers there remembered Sheila and were able to sort of describe her and pick her out. She picked out the clown costume and she also asked for some white face paint, and then asked if they had any more opaque white face paint to make it impossible to see the face. These people are so dumb. I don't know how they got away with it for so long. And it's like May. She only bought this costume days before. Nowhere near Halloween. (laughs) Like, it's May! Who was buying a clown costume in May in 1990? That's why they recognized her. I think so. So this case is also pretty active still. Um, Like I said, they were only able to get the DNA evidence to pin her at the scene of the crime, if you will, in 2017. 
And currently, her new trial date is set for April 9th of 2021, where she will be charged with first-degree murder. What about the husband? The police couldn't pin him to anything. Oh my god. Yeah. There was a period of time where he was almost charged with second-degree murder because he didn't commit it, but he assisted. Okay. Or is it third-degree murder that you're assisting? The murder charge where you're only assisting, you're not actively involved in the crime um, because he supplied, potentially, this getaway vehicle. But that fell through. So I only saw one site that said this, that it's possible he may have done some sort of bribe to get any charges dropped against him. Again, not fact. Not a fact, <laughs> but a speculation. Yes. So Sheila's first trial date was, I believe, actually set for the beginning of when COVID hit this year, and then they oh. had to move it to April 9th of 2021. That's bad. Yeah. Didn't um, Marlene have, like, a thing for clowns? Like, didn't she have portraits of Oh, my gosh. I didn't write this down because it was really creepy. So, Marlene's family had a history with clowns. There is an interview done with her mom. They have so many paintings and pictures and portraits of clowns in their house. And Marlene, when she was, like, 15, maybe 14, like, she was young, she painted a portrait of a clown. Okay. And it's a really strange coincidence that it was a clown that appeared on her doorstep that day. Is it a coincidence or do you think that Sheila? Sheila, yeah. Sheila had such a hatred for this woman that she viewed as the other woman that she wanted to tear her apart psychologically in the moments before her death. To be honest, the only way that she would have known that is if Michael had told her. And Michael does not sound like the doting husband that would care to remember all of these details about his wife's life. He just sucks, man. (laughs) And I wish that Sheila, even though she also sucks for the record and is not a great person, I wish that she would, like, rat him out and be like, yeah, but Michael told me what time to be there because he wouldn't be home and, like, his son wouldn't be home. And he gave me, like, the rental car. Like, throw him under the bus, Sheila. Take him down with you. If you love him so much, take him to jail with you. Yeah, that's what you do when you love someone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what her kids believe, but I hope that they have found peace because that's so unforgivable. Yeah. The crimes committed by clowns from the 70s to today may have contributed to this following urban legend, which is the legend of the clown statue. Have you heard this one? I think so. I think I stumbled across it one night when I was like 11. Yeah. And cried. It's a popular one. (laughs) (laughs) So this urban legend surfaced on the internet around 2006 in the form of a chain letter, which was a popular fad at the time. Now they've evolved into, like, those clickbait posts that are, t- that are like, like, here, or, like, this evil creature will appear in the head tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate those. In this urban legend, a young woman is hired to babysit her neighbor's children for the night. And in some versions, when she arrives, the kids are already asleep, so she settles in for a movie night by herself. I'm already getting chills. <laughs> After a while, she decides to check on them, and in the room is a large clown statue standing in the corner. Well, that's a little odd, she says to herself, but doesn't think any more of it. After all, kids love clowns, right? In other versions, the kids are still awake and ask the babysitter to check their room for monsters. They claim that they see a monster at night sometimes standing over their beds. The parents, of course, disregard this as nightmares. In checking the room, she looks in the closet and sees a Halloween statue of a clown. But again, she doesn't think too much of it and says to the kids, everything is fine. In most versions, a little while later, the father calls to check in. Everything's fine, sir, she says. Well, except that clown statue in the kids' room is a bit unsettling. With a nervous laugh, she continues, certainly an interesting design choice. The phone begins to cut out, but she can still hear the panic on the other end. Get the kids out. We don't have a statue. Call the police. When the parents rush home, they arrive to a murder scene. Or in some versions, they survive, the kids and the babysitter, but the clown is never found. I don't know which one's scarier. The amount of hair that is standing up on my neck is ridiculous. (laughs) That one scarred me as a kid. Me too. Maybe this is what really made me afraid of clowns. So the final thing I want to talk about tonight, because I am a huge fan of this legend, we'll call it. (laughs) I love it. It's pretty obscure and it's awfully bizarre, but I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) Sam the Sandown Clown. 
In May 1973, two children of the age seven encountered a strange creature in Sandown, UK. One afternoon, they heard a wailing sound like an ambulance and followed the noise. They encountered a creature that quickly jumped out from under the bridge and hopped away when it noticed them. It moved weird. They said it moved like, like a spaceman jumping on the moon. Okay, that's weird. Then, deciding that the kids weren't a threat, it picked up its notebook and wrote, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. But it wasn't in the right order, so it had to point to each word as the kids read it. It's also important to note that there were workers nearby, because this was kind of close to a golf course. Oh. Um, but they didn't see anything. <sighs> While this creature introduced itself as All Colors Sam, it also said that it didn't have a name. I'll be calling it Sam for the remainder of the story, just because hmm. that's easier. Okay, makes sense. So Sam invited them into its hut, a two-story building in the woods near the lake, that looked like it could be found on a construction site from the outside. What a lovely, homey home it sounds like. <laughs> Kids, don't go into the strange creature's home in the middle of the woods, please. Please no. Oh my goodness. When they entered, they noticed the walls had dial patterns. Dial patterns, metal floors, no windows, and wooden furniture. Ew, already. Now let's describe the creature. It was similar looking enough to a normal person, but it was seven feet tall and its head was disproportionately large. Fantastic. As well, its features appeared to have been painted onto its head, with paper white skin, two blue triangles for eyes, a rectangle for a nose, and a yellow oval for its mouth. Oh wait, okay wait, but it doesn't have a mouth, which is why it uses the like the notebook to write out its name? Well Oh, it we're getting does into speak. it. Um okay. but when it speaks it uses either a microphone for communication. Or um, the notepad. Or the notepad. Okay. Or its voice sounds muffled, like it's not moving its mouth while it talks. Like, the mouth doesn't move. Like, it's talking behind a mask. Cool! So this kind of leads me to think, maybe the head was made out of paper mache Oh my goodness, that's just the best thought ever. It also had frizzy reddish hair with two wooden antennae sticking out of its hat or attached to its head, it's unclear. It also only had three fingers on each head, as well as three toes on each foot, because at one point it does take off its shoes. If it was wearing Ew. any to begin with. Don't take off your shoes. That's well, like it is the his home. This is the two things that I hate, feet and clouds, and now they're together in one story. <laughs> they also said that it was wearing a clown costume, with a pointed hat and blue gloves, and that its clothes were ripped. If that's not a red flag. When they asked about why the clothes were ripped, it said that it was unable to get more. It was down to its last pair. That's sad, actually. <laughs> and apparently, it removed its hat at some point, and it had little round white ears. Like a mouse's ears, maybe? Okay. It was shy, explaining that it was scared of humans, and that it wouldn't defend itself if attacked. What a way to think. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to say. That's a really weird thing to bring up unprompted. Yeah, if you attack me, I won't fight back. But it was also friendly, showing the children how it would eat berries by putting the berry in its ear, moving it down to its eye, and then finally to its mouth. Now, we don't know if that was a necessary procedure for this creature, or whether it was just a magic trick to impress the children. When they asked if it were human, it said it was not. Wow, these kids were so brave. They had no fear they of no anything. Fear. They were getting info from this guy. When asked if it was a ghost, it responded with, Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. Okay, so this actually doesn't sound as scary as it did initially, because it's, it's responding, I guess, is the it's difference here. Yeah. <laughs> it also said that there were others like him on Earth. And any other questions that they asked about what it was, it just replied with, You know. It's unclear the tone in which it was said, like, oh, you know, or whether it was like, oh, you know. So that's kind of creepy. Does he expect them to know on some level what he is, or was he just trying to play it off? Does he think that he's expressed enough information for them to know? It's weird. After about half an hour, which is not specified really what happened in that half an hour, the children left. And when the adults no. went back to find this creature, the shack was gone. But the kids swore for the rest of their lives that they saw it, and it was true. What do you think about that? I'm so glad I'm not a child anymore, because I'm sure you're really great, but I cannot meet you. I may genuinely lose my mind if I meet you or any basketball player with a clown mask for the rest of my life. It could have been a shared delusion, 
Or maybe the kids were playing a prank? You know what? Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> but it was a lot of detail, weird details for a prank, and the kids promised, they swore that it was real. There was a, there was a friend that I had... We were in, like, grade two and, like, grade three, so we were close to this age, I think, because you start kindergarten at five. And stemming from the creepy basement in our school, we would talk about the creepy things that would happen, and we would 100% feed off of each other's energy. I mean, I never saw things that happened, but I would imagine things that would happen. So I could understand this being just a delusion of the kids going, Look, it's over there! Let's go! It has a big giant head! Oh, oh, and orange hair! Like, That's I could true. see that. I do find that most of the weird things I imagined as a child kind of stemmed from reality. Like, the base, the creepy mm. basement in our school mm-hmm. existed. It was A hundred percent. Like, it wasn't completely unfounded that maybe things would be scary down there. But this is just, like, out of nowhere. And the weird amount of detail, like the dial patterns on the walls and the magic trick and what it was saying to them. Yeah, this is kind of a lot. And the different ways it spoke. So that leads me to question, maybe it was some sort of cryptid or an alien or a fairy. Or could they have perhaps entered another dimension? Why not? Why not? It could have been when this creature jumped up on the bridge, everything flipped. Yeah, we don't know. I don't think that they made it up, though. One question separately, their accounts were very um, similar, like they were really consistent, and they haven't wavered in that. They haven't wavered in their belief or the story. That being said, I do know that kids have very overactive imaginations. Like, when I was a kid, I thought there was an alligator eating food in the fridge one night. Really? Because I saw a shadow. I think it was just my grandpa or something. Obviously, that didn't happen. I was so sure of it. I told them the next day, I was like, there was a freaking alligator <laughs> eating your food. You should be concerned. And they were like, you're so funny. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. Well, what do you think of that one? Isn't that one interesting? Sand the Sandown Clown? You know what? I actually, I don't know what to think about that one. It's weird. I got more chills from that one than the other ones. The, um... This is so weird. Yeah, the clown statue story made my hair stand up on end. Like, in my head. Like, my head of hair <laughs> on the top of my head. But this other one only made my arm hair stand up, which denotes that I'm possibly not quite as afraid of this clown than I am of all the other clowns. I don't know. I like this one. I think it's a sweet story. And I think it's so bizarre Like, it's so out of the range of normal that I just, I'm so intrigued by it. (laughs) But you gotta, like, wonder, like, why did he decide to talk to them? Why did he decide to contact them? Yeah, what was his purpose of showing himself to these kids? Was he just lonely? Was he bored? We'll never know, I guess. We'll never know. Again, I'm sure you're great, but please don't meet me. (laughs) I would like to meet you. Yeah, meet Tash first. I would love to meet you, Sam. Or all colors. <laughs> and I think that about wraps up our coverage on creepy clowns. Should we get into our final thoughts? Let's do it! How do you feel about clowns? I feel like I understand them more now. After Sam. After Sam the Sandown Clown and just knowing more about the cultural aspects of clowns. I've never been super scared of clowns. Of course, if I see one on a back road at night, I'm gonna be a little freaked out. <laughs> But as a profession, I respect you. I don't understand it, but I don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand astrophysics, and I know that's a thing. True. So, (laughs) you do you. Don't kill people. Kids, stop going out in clown masks. (laughs) I hope 2020 does not bring around more clown sightings. So, that's my final thoughts. What are your final thoughts, Mia? This installment, if you will, of the podcast has been both really interesting and really difficult to do. (laughs) I still have the same feelings towards scary clowns, at least, and nice clowns. I'm sorry. I believe that you are nice if you're nice. Good job. I commend you you on your bravery. I I appreciate that. It makes me feel better. (laughs) I know this was not an easy one for you, but... (laughs) I don't think you actually knew how difficult this was going to be until we, like, started. (laughs) I didn't know that you were, like, this scared of clowns. (laughs) Clowns are great. Well, thank you very much for joining us here today for this wonderful episode on clowns. Thanks for also joining us in the spooky episode. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy your spooky season. Season. Stay safe on Halloween night and keep your black cats indoors. Stay safe.
stay weird. Stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers. Stick around for some bloopers. Oh, well, that's what I did. I remember. I thought it was so fun. So I put a bunch of alliteration in. I love for that. OMG, yes. <laughs> no, I can't say it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even write it down, so I was like, this is oh. icky. <laughs> and that is 2016 AD. <laughs> I'm going to get a weird things in mind tattoo. I just decided. <laughs> just forget all your problems and create new ones. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Honestly, though, where's the logic? Like, what? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Just no. Thanks, but no. Like, no. <laughs> His name is John Wayne Gacy. That's a serial killer name if I've ever heard one. This is a warning. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to not be sus. Suspicious. Yeah. To not be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Could you? Mm, nope. Okay, anyways. Um. <laughs> you want to say, could you imagine? No, I don't want to. <laughs> Not that we support murder, because we don't. Well, Unless it's the right circumstance, like Hitler. Or John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> have, have a good spooky season, and thank you for joining us on this terrifying Journey. trek into the... <laughs> Oh, I was going to try it with the alliteration. I couldn't think of another one. Terrifying trek into the tragic tales of terrifying <laughs> trolls. Trolls. <laughs> <laughs>